Hello, this is Frank Falvey with Frank Presents. In our continuing uh, series, Steve Sherlock with Franklin Matters and I are interviewing candidates. And tonight we have the great honor and privilege of having the chair of the town council and and probably most famously noted as the builder of schools <laughs> and senior centers here at Franklin. Welcome, Tom. Thank it's you, Frank. It's a, it's a pleasure, pleasure to be here, Steve. And always good to see you. <laughs> and also, he is an integral part of the Black Box in Franklin School of Performing Arts. A long time here in Franklin. I can remember at the old Horace Mann when we had Junior Miss, and you were mm -hmm. <laughs> you were yeah. in the middle of that. <laughs> that was one of those things I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, tell us a little more about your Franklin background here. It's been so wonderful <laughs> and so outstanding. Uh, well, it's it's been a journey. Uh, it's been a great journey. Uh, Obviously, with all of the things I've done, it's because I love my community and uh, I love what it did for me growing up and what my um, my daughters in growing up. But my wife and I are both lifelong Franklin people. We were both born in Franklin. Uh, our three daughters grew up in Franklin. We all went to Franklin Public Schools. We all graduated from Franklin High School. Different high schools, but we all different graduated. Buildings. Different buildings, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've had the honor and privilege to serve the community as uh, town councilor for the last 12 years and the last five as chair. Uh, prior to that, I uh, was able to to serve as uh, on the school committee for 10 years, mm. uh, eight of those as chair. Uh, in the 90s, when we were the fastest growing community in the state of Massachusetts. So those were some trying years on, mm. uh, on the school committee, but, uh, but good years. And, you know, uh, I did, as you stated, uh, I've, been involved in some of our uh, municipal structures, and I was fortunate enough to chair the building committee that built Horace Mann, Oak Street, Frank X. O'Regan, ECDC mm -hmm. uh, back in the uh, early 2000s. Uh, I was fortunate enough then to I tell a joke all the time that I finally built something that I could use. <laughs> uh, and I was fortunate enough to chair our great uh, Franklin Senior Center, which is a phenomenal piece of, uh, uh, piece of our community. Right. And uh, the, the oh yeah, the, the use that it continuously gets is just phenomenal. Then uh, uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, be elected the chair of the new Franklin High School, which uh, was a huge undertaking, but uh, I will tell you of all the projects, it was probably uh, the best. It was 
we had a great contractor. We had a great, uh, you know, project manager, a uh, great architect, and everybody kind of worked together like this. And it was just a phenomenal building. You know, we started that process in 2008, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, and we opened the doors in 2015. Uh, and we opened the doors, you know, one of the things that was <laughs> always uh, interesting to go through the process, and I know Tri-County's going through that process now, is when you go in to meet with MSBA, which is the uh, Mass Building Authority, you sit down and they kind of tell you how many students you can build the school for. And uh, initially, they gave us a number of 1,600 and 1,600, I think. And we fought uh, and said, you know, our numbers say we should be building for more students. And uh, we were able to get it up to 1,650, but that's as high as it, they would go. When we opened the school, we opened it for 1725 So one of the last things uh, we had to do uh, in the building project was add more lockers at the very last minute to mm. accommodate all the students that come in. Now it has dropped back a little uh, uh, now, but uh, it was a great project and I'm proud to say that all three projects came in under budget and we were able to turn money back to the community. Uh, and it's just a tribute to all of the people that were involved. And as I know Steve's alluded to, and I think you've talked about it in the past, is you know that debt exclusion for the Franklin High School passed 60-40. And that's a, big, that's a big number to increase your taxes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but it was just because we were able to get the information out to the residents. And that's what it's all about. If you get the facts out there, they will understand. Yeah. Not getting the questions out of order, but staying on the debt exclusion. Yeah. Where, where are we in, I have a sense, most, uh, most of the schools should be about half paid for. Well, uh, Remington Jefferson is now off the tax coffers. Right. It's off. Okay. It's off. That was retired a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. uh, Remi uh, Keller Sullivan comes off at the end of 25. At the end of 25. Yeah. So with that coming off, that's money then uh, that would technically lower the tax rate. That is, that's correct. So what we're that's talking correct. about, if you're watching us, the debt exclusion means when it's fully paid, your tax rate actually goes down by that amount of money, or you, or you create more spending to replace it. Exactly, and with a debt exclusion versus override, a debt, the way I like to explain is debt exclusion has an end. Right. An override doesn't. Right. So a debt exclusion, whether it be a 20-year debt exclusion, 25-year debt exclusion, 30-year debt exclusion, I think Tri-County Tri is coming going out of 30. 30. Yeah. Uh, those uh, those uh, taxes will come off your tax bill at the end of that term. 
Now, during that, during those 25 years, to take the middle number, during those 25 years, the taxes go up a little, they level off, they go down a little towards the end, and then they disappear. Uh, so uh, we're currently, the only one that would be left would be the high school. And you know, that's, that's on for a little while longer. Mm -hmm. uh, well, what about the senior center? The senior center we funded, uh, we borrowed ourselves uh, against the senior center. So that was not a debt exclusion. So is that borrowing over with? Uh, no, that borrowing still, because if you remember, we did go back and renovate uh, or finish <coughs> the second floor right. and did a little renovation just because the change in services and programs that were required at the senior center mm -hmm. uh, change over time. So when we did the uh, uh, built out the upstairs, we at the same time did some programming renovations on the first floor. So mm -hmm. that's all good that's so all good stuff. Basically for the people out there, we're almost out of uh that the, the school debt exclusions is, is, will is practically done. No, I wouldn't say it's done because but you still have that, you still have the high school. Remember, uh, we are a very fortunate community. We have three elementary, middle school complexes mm -hmm. that have been built in the last twenty-five years. Sure. There aren't many communities in a state-of-the-art high school. There aren't many communities that can say they have these uh, that kind of uh, building in the last 25 years of their schools. So, you know, it's a it was a case of us being in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. And we're not looking in the near future to build any schools. Not. Not at the present time. Right. Not, not, not at this moment, for sure. I'm sure. So, no, no, that's, that's all right. That's, you know, I, I, getting back to my what I've done over the years, you know, some of the other things that I've done with the community besides building, uh, building those uh, facilities. Uh, I'm on the uh, served on the Franklin Country Club Board of Governors for 20 years, and I think I'll be forever known as the COVID president because I was the president of the country club during the three COVID years. So, uh, uh, but I've done that for uh, a long time. I serve on the Franklin Performing Arts Company Board of Directors since its inception 30 something years ago. Mm -hmm. And I've chaired that for pretty much all of, the, all of that time. So, uh, you know, I've been involved in a lot, as you said, uh, back in the eight, in the 80s and 90s. I was involved in Junior Miss. I was the local chairman for many years. Uh, I was went on and became the state chairman for many years. Uh, so, I've been deeply entrenched in our community for a very long time, yeah. mm -hmm. and enjoy every minute of everything I've done. Yes. An easy question for you then. Picking up on the deep entrenchment, clearly engagement of the citizenry, residents, non-residents, just being active in the community. And one of the aspects of that activity is voting. You may want to expand <laughs> upon that because we have a couple of opportunities that are coming up. Uh, absolutely, uh, you know, I myself, I think I voted in 
every local and national election since I was eligible to vote, and I don't have to say how long ago that was, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a long time ago. Uh, and you know, uh, people, the law doesn't require citizens to vote, uh, but it's an integral part of the democratic process. And you know, and it's not so much who you vote for or who's in office, it's what does that individual, what does that leader stand for? What are, what are his or her preferences, uh, policies? What are they like? What are the issues that are important? Are they your issues? And when you give up that right or you give up the opportunity to vote, what you're doing is you're giving that voice to someone else. So I feel very strongly that uh, it's important for us to remind the citizens of that. Please get out and vote. You know, and our history has not been great uh, with local elections. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we get somewhere between 15 and 20 yep. percent. Uh, and when you think about that, that's a that's a terrible number, I'm sorry. Uh, it, we sh so many more people should be getting out and voting, getting their voices heard, uh, finding out what the issues are, and then looking to those candidates that support those issues and that can continuously bring them forward. Yep. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree and concur. Yes. <laughs> you know, as when we were talking about the the high school, and I use that example quite often, uh, because <laughs> we were out talking to the community, and you know, we talk about that 60-40 ratio mm -hmm. of people voting for the high school, and a lot of that was because uh, the committee and the superintendents of schools at the time, Maureen Sabolinski, uh, myself as chairman of the building committee, we were out three, sometimes three, four nights a week, mm -hmm. meeting in neighborhoods, uh, meeting with uh, organizations, the Rotary Club, Lions Club, coffee hours, all of these things to get the facts out uh, and get the facts out to the community. And, you know, we didn't have this back mm -hmm. then no. uh, to get to help get the word out. We now have this and to utilize this to get the information out to the public is for me the most important thing we can do because there's so many not untruths but too much fiction out there as to what's going on. And if you want to get the facts, listen. You know, all of our council meetings, finance committee meetings, planning board meetings, uh, school committee meetings, they are all on TV. They are all on Zoom. Your voice can be heard if you want. Jump in on the Zoom call. If you just want to hear what's going on, tune into the TV station. Mm -hmm. Tune into Franklin. And if you miss something, you can go back. You yeah. can go to the website and you can go back and get this information. There's The facts are there. And it's up to us to get those facts to the community, mm -hmm. regardless of whether it's uh, whether it's about uh, the Tri County Volk School, whether it's about uh, 
stormwater, mm -hmm. whether it's about the Beaver Street Interceptor, all that information and fact information is out there for the asking. And it only takes, I think Steve says it many times on our quarterbacking session, just takes a click or two and you can get that information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So drawing back upon your Franklin story, uh, in your role as counsel, you highlight a couple of the key skills that you bring to the table, <laughs> other than your experience. Clearly, we, re we appreciate the experience, but you've got some skills that you bring to the table, uh, yeah, too. I, I, I do. I think, I think I bring knowledge. I think I bring uh, history. Uh, I think I bring a leadership skill. Uh, to the table. I've been fortunate. Uh, sometimes when I read the many things that I've done, I say, wow, you've, you've done a lot of stuff. Uh, but I think <coughs> most importantly, I would say uh, I'm a good listener. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think that's an important piece of being a any elected official or any appointed official mm -hmm. is to be a good listener, and then when it's time, speak up, and talk about the issue, and talk about your opinion of the issue, and talk to your re talk to the residents, talk to the community. And then on the council, certainly you set the annual budget, agree on the tax rate hearing, et cetera, when the Board of Assessors comes forward towards the end of the year, but also through the Joint Budget Subcommittee, of which you have a key role, mm -hmm. the forecast for the next few years is rather challenging, so. It, it, it is challenging, Steve, and I think, uh, you know, this is a, an important piece for uh, the community to understand what we're looking at. Uh, the administration has done a great job in putting together a five-year fiscal plan, uh, and the school committee is and school administration are working on their part of, and again, I, I like the word part, part. part. Mm -hmm. So uh, the school administration's working on theirs. Now, the town administrator has brought to the council uh, the municipal part of the government's fiscal outlook that includes some of the school things as well. But when you, I guess probably the easiest way to explain this is if you look at inflation in 2021, nationally it was 7%, locally it was 8%. Mm -hmm. uh, inflation in 22 was 6.5%, I believe. This year it's running 3.7. Well, we can only increase taxes two and a half percent. It, unless we change the law. <laughs> <laughs> unless we change the law. Uh, but right now, that's all we can do. And it doesn't take a strong mathematician to figure out something doesn't work there. Mm -hmm. And one of the other things that, as we're looking out to the future, We've been very fortunate. We've had great new growth over the last 15 or 20 years, mm -hmm. uh, as I alluded to in the 90s. And mm -hmm. But that new growth is now going, getting smaller and smaller mm -hmm. and smaller. And as that new growth gets smaller, so does the revenue that 
comes in for taxes. So we're looking at the next three to five years of going to be very, very difficult time for the community. And it's going to take a little bit of everybody pitching in mm -hmm. uh, to see what is the best way to move forward and how do we move forward. Uh, you know, we're continuously meeting with uh, our state rep, Jeff Roy, and our senator, uh, Rebecca Rausch. Uh, and we we continuously talk about the same issue as we as we move forward. What is how do we deal with this now? Sure, inflation in in uh, twenty three is going to be a little bit lower, but still it's going to be three point mm -hmm. seven, which is over still over the two and a half. Right. So it still is crimping what we do. So at some point, it's going to come to a point where our residents are going to need to make a decision. Uh, and do they want to continue the level of services that the municipality currently provides? And when I say municipality, I'm talking about DPW, I'm talking about fire, I'm talking about police, I'm talking about facilities, as well on the education piece uh, the school committee is looking, or the school board and administration, they're looking at theirs. Is what they are currently providing, uh, is this the level of services that you're comfortable with? And as most people, uh, I won't say most people know, but a lot of people understand, as far as the town budget goes, 85, 80 to 85% of the town budget is payroll. It's payroll and it's benefits mm -hmm. and it's health care. Uh, so when it comes to reducing some of the services, you're really looking at people. Uh, more than you're looking at anything else. Sure. And that's unfortunate, but it will be at some point the time when, you know, people, uh, our town administrator brought forward in August, I think, uh, what, uh, what an override, what's the process for an override? Right. And I do believe that uh, in the not too distant future, that's a conversation that's going to have to be had. Mm -hmm. And what I was just referring to is how you look at that uh, piece of legislation. Because, in fact, the council puts can put a ballot question out there. It's up to the citizens to vote whether they want it or not. Can I interrupt you? Sure, mm. sure. One of the things, though, that the state does when there's ever a ballot question mm -hmm. is they send out a pamphlet. Yeah. And they have both sides on the pamphlet. Absolutely. Explaining both sides. As well they should be. You know as well as I do, every time I ask the town council to send out a pamphlet, they say it costs money and we don't have the money. That is a wrong approach, I believe, in this time because if you want informed voters, they have to see the ability to see both sides. 
and I don't care what it costs. You need a, you need a, on any ballot question that comes before the Franklin voters, you need to send out like the state does. Absolutely. And would you support that? Would you one, ask your- 100%, and that process has already begun. Uh, you have a group, a nonprofit group called One Franklin, that really started looking at the, what the need might be uh, two, three years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've just kind of resurrected and they're uh, working hard. That's, that's the job that they're going to do. They're going to put that information out there. There will be pamphlets saying what, what, you, what no, is going whoa, to be whoa, there, whoa, what's whoa. going to happen. Whoa, 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 whoa. They're going to put it out or the town is going to put it, put it out. We need an independent town pamphlet, not a pamphlet from one side or the other. Well, it's got to be a again, town pamphlet. I, again, when you look at this, uh, I look at any override or debt exclusion with it's a fact-finding mission. You need to go out there and put the facts out there. The positive facts, the negative facts. I believe the most difficult decision that's going to need to be made, and it's a council decision, is when that time comes, what is the number? Mm. What is the number? We've asked the school, we've asked the school department to come forward with a five-year plan. We've asked the uh, municipal part of our government to come in with a five-year plan. And what the, need, what the needs are to, for the school department, for the municipality, public safety. Do we need more police? Do we need more fire? Do we need another ambulance? Do whatever. As far as the school department goes, what, are, what do the next three to five years look, at, look like with enrollment? What are those numbers? Uh, and these are all things that are going to be looked at over the next six to eight months, I would bet. And I think at that time, at that juncture, when a decision is made that in order to continue to provide the current level of services, there's increase in revenue that's needed. How do we get that increase in revenue? What's the question that I haven't asked you that you would like? <laughs> you would like? Oh, we're already there, huh? Uh, I, I guess I would just like to finish finish that statement. And and when you look at when you look at what we've done in the past, you look at where we've been. Seniors, they can't afford to pay any more taxes. Are there ways that we can help with that? I don't know the answer to that. These are all questions that will need to be asked. I'm 75 years old, as I said, I don't want to pay another dollar in taxes, but when my children, when my three daughters were in high school, were in school, the per pupil expenditure back then, uh, roughly $7,500. I had three daughters in school at the same time. My, I, was, I owned my own home, and my tax bill at the time was maybe $4,000. Somebody else 
paid for my mm-hmm. kids when they were in school because my taxes didn't cover it. And the way I look at things and the way when we were out trying and pitching the high school, that was one of the pitches that I used mm-hmm. because somebody paid for my kids, it's my turn to pay for somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I'm in a position where it's okay. But I also understand the people that are in a position that are in such a fixed income, they can't afford another dollar. Well, there's gotta be a way that we can help that. And that's something we need to work on. Thank you, Tom Mercer, chair of the uh, Town of Franklin uh, Town Council. I appreciate you coming, Tom. My pleasure, thank you for having me. Steve, always a pleasure. you being co-host. Absolutely. And uh, want to remind everyone watching this program that on November 7th, Tom, Steve, and myself want to meet you at the uh, uh, school uh, gymnasium or outside it. And on October 24th, there will be another election (laughs) in building a new uh, Tri-County High School. Uh, So uh, this is all of us uh, wishing you health and happiness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This program was made possible by your Franklin friends and neighbors. Good folks, just like you. Thanks for supporting Franklin TV. And thanks for watching.